Sunday, April 12, 1981. Sheila Sharp returned from the next-door neighbor's house to her home at Cabin 28 in the Ketty Resorts in California. What the 14-year-old discovered inside the modest four-room cabin instantly became one of the most dreadful scenes in modern American crime history. It has come to be known as the gruesome Ketty Cabin Murders. This is the incident that inspired the movie, The Strangers. The Sharp family had just moved into a cabin 28 a year before. Sue had just divorced her husband and brought her children from Connecticut to Ketty in Northern California. The six of them, 36-year-old Sue, 15-year-old son John, 14-year-old daughter Sheila, 12-year-old daughter Tina, and 10-year-old Rick and 5-year-old Greg were friendly with their nearby neighbors at the Ketty Resort. The night before the murders, Sheila had slept over at a friend's house down the street. John and his 17-year-old friend Dana had hitchhiked to a nearby town of Quincy for a party and returned sometime later that evening. Tina had briefly joined her sister at the neighbor's before returning home to her mother, two younger brothers, and one of the neighbor boys, Justin Smart. When Sheila returned home early the next morning to find her mother, brother, and his friend bloodied on the living room floor, she bolted back to her neighbor's house. Her friend's dad retrieved the three unharmed boys through their bedroom window so they would not have to see the scene. The murders had been notably violent. Investigators were called about an hour after Sheila had discovered her slain family. Deputy Hank Clement was the first to arrive on the scene and he reported blood everywhere. On the walls, the bottom of the victim's shoes, Sue's bare feet, and the bedding in Tina's room, the furniture, the ceiling, the doors, and on the back steps. The prevalence of the blood suggested to investigators that the victims had been moved and rearranged from the positions in which they were murdered. Young John was closest to the front door, face up, his hands blood covered and bound with medical tape. His throat was cut. His friend Dana was on the floor beside him, on his stomach. His head was badly damaged as though bashed in with a blunt object and he laid partially on a pillow. He had been manually strangled. His ankles were tied with electrical wire. Sheila's mother had been covered partially with a blanket, though that had done little to hide her gruesome injuries. On her side, the mother of five was naked from the waist down, tightly gagged with a bandana, and her own underwear secure with medical tape. She had injuries consistent with the struggle and an imprint of the butt of an 880 pellet gun on the side of her head. Like her son, her throat was cut. All victims had suffered blunt force trauma by hammer. They also all sustained multiple stab wounds. A bent steak knife was on the floor. A butcher's knife and a claw hammer, both also bloodied, were side by side on a small wooden table near the entry into the kitchen. It would take the police hours to realize that a fourth victim, Tina, was missing. When it was eventually discovered that Tina Sharp was missing, 
the FBI arrived on the scene. The sheriff at the time of the murders, Doug Thomas, and his deputy, Lieutenant Don Stoy, were not initially able to discern an apparent motive. The murders at Keddie Cabin 28 appeared to be random acts of cruelty. The strangest thing is that there is no apparent motive. Any case without an apparent motive is the toughest to solve. Further, the home did not indicate forced entry, though detectives did recover an unidentified fingerprint from a handrail on the back stairs. The cabin's telephone had been left off the hook, and all of the lights had been shut off as well as the drapes closed. More confounding is that three youngest boys were untouched and allegedly unaware of the events. Even though a woman and her boyfriend in the cabin next door awoke around 1.30 a.m. to what they described were muffled screams, unable to discern where they were coming from, they returned to bed. However, though, three boys initially claimed to have slept through the massacre. Ricky and Greg's friend Justin Smart did later say that he saw Sue with two men in the house that night. One reportedly had a mustache and long hair, and the other one was clean-shaven and short hair, but both in glasses. One of the men had a hammer. Justin reported that John and Dana entered the home and argued with the men, which resulted in a violent fight. Tina was then allegedly taken out of the cabin's back door by one of the men. Allegedly, a lot of potential evidence was collected at the scene, but because this was pre-DNA testing, very little helpful information was found at this time. Sheriff Thomas called the Sacramento Department of Justice, which then sent two special agents from their organized crime unit, not homicide, which struck many as odd. Immediately, the two lead suspects were Justin Smart's father and the Sharps' neighbors, Martin Smart, and his house guest, ex-convict John Bow, who was known to have connections to organized crime in the area. Both men had been seen in the suits and ties behaving oddly in the bar that night before. Martin Smart later told the police that he had a hammer that matched the one discovered and also that his hammer had gone missing shortly before the murders. Later that year, a knife was recovered in a trash can outside the Caddy General Store. Authorities also believe this item is to be linked to the crimes. It will be another three years after the Caddy murders that Tina was found. A man discovered a human skull in the adjoining Butt County, about 30 minutes from Ketty in Plumas County. Near the remains, detectives also found a child's blanket, a blue nylon jacket, a pair of jeans with a missing back pocket, and an empty surgical tape dispenser. With that, the remains of Tina Sharp had been found, which made the crimes committed on April 11th or 12th, 1981, a quadruple homicide. Meanwhile, Sheriff Thomas had resigned from the investigation three months in and he took a job instead at the Sacramento DOJ. His handling of the case in retrospect would be considered disastrous at best and corrupt at worst. The Sharps' home was demolished in 2004. Remarkably, the tape of the anonymous tip regarding Tina was found sealed in case files untouched by Plumas County Sheriff's Department until 2013 when the case was reopened with new investigators Plumas Sheriff Greg Hogwood and Special Investigator Mike Gamberg. In 2016, Gamberg located a hammer believed to be one of the murder weapons in a dried up pond in Caddy. Further, it came to light that Marilyn Smart, Marty's wife, 
and mother of Justin had left her husband on the day of the murder discovery. Afterward, she provided Plymouth County's Sheriff Department with a handwritten letter sent to her and signed by her estranged husband. It read, I've paid the price of your love, and now that I've bought it with four people's lives, you tell me we are through? Great. What else do you want? This letter was not treated as a confession, nor was it followed up on at the time. Even though Marilyn admitted in the 2008 documentary that she thought her husband and his friend Bo were responsible, Sheriff Doug Thomas contradicted this and stated that Martin had successfully passed the polygraph test. It was later confirmed that Martin was close with the sheriff. In 2016, Gambert met with a counselor at the Reno Veterans Administration. The anonymous counselor told him that in May 1981, Martin Smart had confessed to killing Sue and Tina Sharp. I killed the woman and her daughter, and I didn't have anything to do with the boys. He reportedly told the counselor when the DOJ was alerted to this confession in 1981, they dismissed it as hearsay. So who knows what happened to those boys? This is the incident that inspired the movie, The Strangers. resembles a ghost town and a tragic event has been transformed into ugly folklore. Disturbing myths passed along in whispers of floating objects in number 28. Even a fable of the word no appearing scratched on the walls. Certainly if any place was haunted, that one should be, uh, considering what went on there. We were turned away by the owner who declined to be interviewed. Because of its bloody past, there are plans to demolish cabin number 28. The current owner wants to build a park there to begin restoring Kitty Resort to its former glory, to lay the past and ghost stories finally to rest. Investigators won't rest until the killers are found. In the Sheriff's Department, there's a timeline of the crime that covers two walls. I do have hope that it will be solved. I, I do. The identity of the killers might bring a little more peace to this part of the Sierra. For 20 years later, residents still make it a point to avoid even driving past cabin number 28. In Plumas County, I'm Manuel Ramos. The Sheriff's Department hopes new DNA tests will reveal the killer's identities. They have sent evidence samples to the Department of Justice for testing and are waiting for the results. Nightmare Files.